Hi, my name is Lauren Gower. I'm a Pirabina Trobaway woman from the northeast of Tasmania. I've been living in Kulin country for the last couple of years and I'm currently working in the role of tutor in Indigenous arts and culture at the Whelan Centre. And I'm Tirikianas. I'm a Yorta Yorta and Jaja Wurrung fellow. I'm a maker, a performer. I get very passionate about the reclaiming of culture and technology and, and practices that have existed in this country and in this place for thousands upon thousands of generations. And at the moment I'm very blessed and fortunate to hold the role of the head of the Willand Centre for Indigenous Arts and Culture at the Faculty of Fine Arts and Music and to be the Faculty's Associate Dean of Indigenous Development as well. Let's explore your connection with the University and the tentacles the Willand Centre has because you're also involved with the Agriculture Faculty at this time of the year. Tell us about that. We are involved with the Agriculture Faculty. We've had a relationship for a little while now with the campus out at Dookie where we teach one of our breadth subjects, Ancient and Contemporary Indigenous Arts. It's an extraordinary program. Well, we're a little biased. We think it's an extraordinary program, but it's always a wonderful opportunity for us. We get to take 30 students from across the university out onto Yorta Yorta country, out to the Dookie campus, where we spend a week living, sharing stories, making art together and engaging with the practices that have belonged in that place for so very long and as we've grown in that space and as our relationships with Dookie and the Faculty of Veterinary Sciences too has grown, we've found ourselves in a wonderful position of being able to talk more about how we can engage more First Nations knowledges and technologies into the broader curriculum, how we can acknowledge the specificity of that country upon which the campus sits and how we can empower our colleagues throughout other faculties and areas with the experiences and the knowledge of engaging with indigenous histories and our technologies and the materiality of place in a very tangible and meaningful way. Lauren, can you add to that? Well, (laughs) I don't know that there's really much more to, I mean, say. Well, I would say that Lauren has cultivated a very meaningful relationship with that country as well and one of the things that I'm always inspired by every time we take students out there is watching Lauren work with those students and encouraging them to walk that country to engage with Mm -hmm. that and to feel very differently about their place in that space. Lauren give us a concrete picture of what I might be doing or learning from you. Walking on country is a practice of mine that I've been engaged in for, for many years and it's one of the ways that I contribute to the breadth subject that we offer up in Yorta Yorta country. So it's really about how we move from country to country, nation to nation and how we might arrive because we, you know, some of us are lucky enough to be welcomed into country which Tiriki does so beautifully in the breadth subject. We don't necessarily sort of have a model for how we might respond because that's always such an individual and personal Things. So my walking on country session is modelling for the students a way that they might begin to respond to what it means to arrive from, you know, in each of their own unique positions and, and experiences and how they might begin to develop a sense of what it means to be in Yorta Yorta country up in Dookie or, I mean, also here, you know, in Kulin country and how you might move from country to country, the responsibilities that you might carry from place to place and how to engage in those in an embodied embodied practice. The respect for place and country is an extraordinary privileged position to be in. 
tell me more about that because that's it's something that I really love about Indigenous culture. It's respect for place. Place, country is everything. It's, you know, where we come from, where we go, where we return to. It gives us everything. You know, we'd be nothing without country and, and all of the beings that, that constitute country. It tells us who we are, you know, understanding that system of interrelationships, for me at least, helps me to understand where I belong in that and what my role is, how I can contribute to, to community and to place and, you know, as I am, as, as an individual voice with my own story, but in a continuum of stories that are being told and continuing to be told over thousands of generations in in many nations in the continent. Tell us more about the activities. We've been very careful and and very passionate about seeing to it that all of the knowledges that we share when we are out on country are knowledges that belong primarily to that country, to that place, that we feel, I certainly feel, and I, I, I believe Lauren's on the same page with me here as well, that we don't necessarily own these knowledges and technologies ourselves, rather they belong to place, they belong to country and that we have, if we choose to take it on, we have a responsibility to see that these stories are told again and again. So we work with students on the biganga, the possum skin cloaks, we make fishing and bird nets. We really try to engage with that materiality of country. We talk about the materials that country can give to us and how we can work with them in turn, how we can do honour to those knowledges and, and stories. Lauren, as we said, does her walking on country exercise. We work with emu feathers to make the tilbin and the dance skirts. We work with any material we can which belongs in that place. We're always growing as well because the opportunity to engage with local communities as well is right at the top of our priority list, right at the top of our remit. To be able to find those storytellers, those practitioners out there in community who want to share something. We're in a very privileged position here to be at the university to be able to give a voice to other people as well who may not have necessarily enjoyed it as much and so being able to engage with local elders and storytellers, Mm. people like Uncle Ruben Bucks, who comes in and walks our students through the flats outside Shepparton and Marupna, helping people to understand both the incredibly long and profound history that Yorta Yorta people have with that country, but also the extraordinarily powerful contemporary history which we share, which quite often is denied to all of us who live in these places, Black, White or Brindle. We don't necessarily get to hear those stories, but they are great stories. They're great stories of resistance and resilience and strength of great Australians that I think belong to all of us, not just to one group. We're in an era where we acknowledge that actually understanding Indigenous origins and Indigenous knowledge actually contributes to contemporary research. So old wisdoms and new ways of looking at the land have started to merge. We live in exciting times. Share some comments about that. We do live in very exciting times. We live in exciting times where... Our knowledges are beginning to be seen, are beginning to be celebrated. But we also live in a time where the locus of our identity as Indigenous peoples, as First Nations peoples, is beginning to sit back with us in the context of research. And that's something we're very passionate about here at the Willen Centre and through our research unit in Indigenous Arts and Culture as well. 
that for we as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we are very used to being the subjects of research. We are not so used in these august institutions in being the instigators, the owners of that research. We are not so used to owning our own voices in these spaces. But we do live at a time when we are now able to start challenging the ways in which we have been perceived and represented in the past. And we're in a wonderful place where our colleagues, our non-Indigenous colleagues and students and friends are able to start seeing their role in contributing to these stories because I feel one of the greatest crimes of invasion, colonisation, call it what you will, over the last 231 years is that so many of the people who now live on this country have been told that the stories of this country are not for them. And rather, I, and I think we, feel that everyone who lives here has, if they choose to take it on, an opportunity and a role to play in seeing that the languages, the histories of this place persist. For us to understand cultures in Australia, the gateway is really through the arts and music, performance and storytelling, even poetry, <laughs> depending on the culture. And I want to give a picture to our listener about those arts and cultural activities because by engaging with that we see beauty, we see meaning but I want to hear your version of that experience. I think you're absolutely right and one of the things that we find here at the Willen Centre and at the Faculty of Fine Arts and Music is when it comes to engaging with First Nations cultures and knowledges the first and most logical place to come is our creative practices, whether it be performative, whether it be a materials cultural practice, whether it be an intangible cultural practice like our spoken word or our poetry, and I sit next to a, quite a gifted poet at the moment, that in fact our knowledges and our, our histories have always lived within the arts. This has been the vehicle by which we have taught, which we have communicated our stories through oral histories by, by literally living and performing our spaces, by making them anew through our artistic practice. It's in many ways quite a conceptual one where the act of doing I think is even more important than the outcome, but that the outcomes need to be tangible, need to be realistic, need to be applied, things that we can actually use and engage with and which will give us some type of value which will strengthen us as human beings and help us to have a dialogue again with country and with place because if we don't know the songs and stories of this country how can we possibly live in it? Will you be there on Dookie Day? Yes, both of us will. <laughs> <laughs> what should I look out for on Dookie Day? You should come and see us on Dookie Day, you should come and talk to the tremendous Lauren Gower and hear about poetry making and responses to country. Come and see some of the work that we have been doing up on Yorta Yorta Country. Come and weave a fishing net, come and learn some of those histories and technologies that we try to quite literally weave into everything that we're doing. We see our role here at Willen and hopefully our role on Dookie Day is being very much ones of facilitating, of opening doors and helping people to get an idea of more of the options that are out there for them, more of the things that we can do collectively, things that we can celebrate together and hopefully for all of those who engage with us, but certainly for our non-Indigenous friends that there is a place for them to contribute to 
the longevity of cultural practice, to contribute to the longevity of our language programs. This is not about cultural appropriation. It's not about us being culture vultures. It's about us being able to say that we all have, should we choose to take it on, a shared responsibility in making sure that the stories of this country, the stories of the country that we live on, that we engage on, that we come from, are there for future generations and for all those who come after us to enjoy. Lauren, can you share a poem with us? Certainly, and I'll be running a poetry workshop on Dookie Day too, which will talk about my own process of writing and connecting to country, as I said, moving from place to place, and the role that writing plays for me within that. This piece I actually wrote, so it'll be about I've been writing a series called Meditations on Country, which respond to the different places that, I, that I'm lucky enough to spend time in particularly here in Victoria lately. And this one I wrote for Coolan Country. Every day I cross two rivers, Maribyrnong, Birarang, here in the country of the two wide bays, where water seeps into the shore, streams beneath the streets, tumbles over itself, slows down by the flat, wide river, saltwater river, cool times river, Hot day river, dangling feet by the river, returning to the river over and over, to breathe over and over. We go to the salt water, to the shore wind, ruffling things up. We sit on the hot slats, wood soaked in sun. At dusk, the trees lean into themselves and your face begins to glow. We linger over the bridge. There are fish, but I don't catch them. In deep, here, where everything's washed out, is where I curl into sleep. Each cheek is complete, an orchid's whisper of winter. A bubble floats to the surface. Beneath the waterfall, my skin fizzes, and with a grin, I sink in. A crow insists, and I don't resist. It eats from the palm of my hand, prickly pears from beside the railway line. Hand in hand, we go wandering in laneways, collecting figs, leaning on fences. I float on your shoulders, apples bobbing beside me. Juice runs down your fingers. Plums are full of riches. Everything flows upwards, inwards, outwards downwards from the ranges into pools of salt water. Every feather is a song and you've got wings of peculiar grace. Your belly mirrors the course of the river. If it shifts, you follow its voice. It's beautiful. Lauren and Tiriki, thank you for sharing the soul of the place of both Melbourne and Dookie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Mm. Please introduce yourself and tell us about Kayla, the arts organisation. My name's Angie Rossi and I'm the manager at Kayla Arts. Kayla Arts is an Aboriginal owned and run arts centre. We run on a similar model to other arts centres in Central Australia and Northern Australia and the islands where we provide studio access for our artists, provide basic 
art materials, we provide professional development for our artists and also a point of sale. We advocate for the artists and we find opportunities for them to exhibit and also to develop their careers in the direction that they wish to go. You're joining us on Dookie Day. Yes, we are joining you. Some of our staff and artists will be out there running a workshop and I think we're making turtles. And also some of our artists will be working with people out there interested to find out uh, about Aboriginal signs and symbols and how to read a painting, how to understand those signs and symbols and how to actually create their own visual language. So we'll also have some things for sale as well, surprisingly. (laughs) What's a takeaway message if I haven't made it out to Dookie Day that I can share with someone? Okay, if you haven't made it out to Dookie Day, you can find us in Shepparton in High Street. You're most welcome to come in any time. What's one of the artistic symbols that resonates with you? I guess I would have to say probably the symbol that we use as our symbol at Kayla Arts, so it's the spiral. So the meaning of the spiral is probably fairly multifaceted. It can be read as a waterhole, it can be read as a meeting place, but it can also be read as a symbol of life. The never-ending cycles, the beginnings and the endings, but there is no beginning and there is no ending. It's constant and evolving and forever. Angie Russi, thank you. Thank you very much. Introduce yourself. G'day, um, so my name's Jamie Atkinson. I'm a proud Yorta Yorta man, part of the Yorta Yorta Nations group up here in the Goulburn Valley. I've been at ASH since 2013 and I'm the current student services officer. Um, I've had numerous roles over the year, but been predominantly situated here with ASH in Shepparton. What does ASH stand for? ASH originally is a partnership between Melbourne University and the Rambalara Football Netball Club and they, I guess you could say, are our parents and ASH, the Academy of Sport, Health and Education, is the baby. Its inception was in 2004 and over the years now we've got relationships with the likes of GoTafe here in Shepparton and also with uh, La Trobe University and obviously the School of Rural Health which is growing all the time as well. And where are you from? How did you get into this? It's it's a funny story. So I was originally away in South Australia. I was playing footy over there at the time. I was finishing off my teaching degree. Um, I had my, unfortunately, my pop passed away. So I came home, obviously, for the funeral. And as you do, you don't really rush back to do any major decisions. And um, as it was over the Christmas time, I'd obviously put on a bit of the Christmas weight. And so I was running the boulevard at the time, trying to get rid of that before the football season. And I ran into a man called Philip Guthrie, who's been here since, the, I guess, the start of ASH and is, one, is the curriculum development officer here as part of the GoTafe-ASH relationship. He asked me what I was doing. I said, I actually don't know, just finished school. And then um, he said, oh, why, why don't you come in and we'll have a chat and we'll see what's going on. It might only be for a year to figure out what you want to do. And I've been here since then. That was in 2013, so I haven't left. Jamie, teach us. Tell us about traditional Indigenous games. It's an awesome program. I guess first off what I'll say is that Ash don't own the traditional Indigenous games. They're for everyone. What we originally started off using them was um, to create a sort of a way for our kids to find a bit of cultural identity so that when they went down and did sport with us, it wasn't just a simple, just a sport, play soccer or play basketball or play football. So we was able to gain access to the traditional book called Chupadoo, which a man travelled all around Australia to do it. And then we got our hands on Yalunga, which was the Australian Sports Commission's version of Chupadoo. 
and then um, that was about, oh, geez, it would have been about 2008 or seven. so before my time when they did that, and then they just kept researching and researching, and now we've incorporated that into our VCAL curriculum, where they research, document their own games, and then also what we do now is um, we train the students up, they train themselves, and they find games that they are passionate about, and we go out into the community, whether that be... Um, sporting clubs or whether that be primary schools and we've also had the opportunity to do it with corporate organisations and our students are at the forefront delivering traditional Indigenous games and they're based from all over Australia. They then are able to get a bit of confidence presenting in front of others and I think the main thing is traditional Indigenous games are fun. So it grew and grew and grew and to the point now where we've now designed an enterprise called DAYA which in Yorta Yorta means play. Our students have taken even a more front on that and now we go out into the schools and actually deliver it for a fee that goes back to the students and they can sort of use that in the enterprise or we give it back to Ash so that we can buy them a, a lunch for the day. They work really hard, they might get a good lunch or things like that. So it all goes back into Ash. And now it's even gone on to even doing corporate sort of stuff. And we're very lucky we've had Prime Minister and Cabinet. We've also used our partners in Melbourne University down in Melbourne. They've come up for a cultural sort of competence sort of day, learning about the Yorta Yorta people and significant places about around Shepparton, particularly the likes of um, Dash's Paddock, which was where the people from the Cumbragunja mission, when they walked off Cumbragunja, they relocated to the flats. And then that's the story of how sort of we moved to Shepparton. So it, it's all sort of all coincides with the traditional Indigenous games. So it's a huge thing that we do in Ash. For those of us who are totally new to the idea of traditional Indigenous games, what can we expect on Dookie Day? Are you going to daya with us? uh, (laughs) Yes, so you're definitely going to be daying with us. So um, we're very lucky that through the partnership with Dookie Day and Melbourne Uni, we're going to be there for, uh, for an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon running either a traditional games tournament or just a come and try game where you'll be playing games from all over Australia. So a key example is a game called Jumping Pin, which comes from Stradbroke Island. So if you've got North Stradbroke, South Stradbroke, and in the middle they've got, there's a place called Jumping Pin, and which is the name comes from the traditional Indigenous game. And they still play this game up there today. And in its nutshell, in its core, for Aboriginal people, they've made and helped their kids play this game because they teach them how to fish. So when you're in the island, you're in the ocean, the biggest thing is fish. And what they would do is, by playing this game, you actually see it when the kids play it as well, is you've got the hunters, which use a ball to tag them, and the, the other kids will run around the square being the fish. They actually move like a school of fish. And what it is able them to see is that by working in certain ways and crowding those fish is that you can get them all at once because they say it's easy to catch a whole lot of fish in the ocean than just tracking down the one fish. So you get a few more. So that's one game. And another game is called Wemmy which comes from the Walpuri people in the middle of Australia, Northern Territory, Alice Springs, Yundamu, all up Daly River. And it's essentially about target practice. So they would play it with rocks, they'd play it with bark, they'd play it with everything, and they would just use what they had, and they'd play that, and they'd use it for trying to hit objects, or they'd use it to try and see who could through the furthest, who had the best aim. So some of those games are some of the stuff that you'll come do with us. And we've also got a traditional dance component that we deliver with Daya. So we've got some students that are very comfortable teaching and also learning, obviously, and passing that on. So they learn some traditional dance moves as well. Daya is a word I've learnt today. Mm. So those of us coming to Dookie Day will go away with some Indigenous language knowledge. And the game that involves the fish is called jumping pin so it's a tongue twister so it's jump ing pin so it's it's, <laughs> it's different but 
after you say it a couple of times, it sort of sticks in your okay. tongue. Jumping ping. There we go. You nearly had it. And what was the other one? Whemmy. 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 So W-E-M-E. So there's some of the games that we'll play. Right. And um, we've also, if you're interested in the concept of what ASH provides, particularly for Indigenous and non-Indigenous students around its VCAL and its courses, we'll also have Rob Briggs and Heidi Knowles who will be there have on their stall doing a few things, but just talking about ASH, having some few examples of the holistic approach that we provide here at ASH. And um, if you have any questions or you're interested in coming, being a part of a holistic sort of schooling that can help what you identify some cultural identity and be supported in your education, make sure you come have a chat to Rob and Heidi and they'll be there to assist you with that. Jamie Atkinson, thank you. No worries at all. Thank you very much for having me.